Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of Tearsheet's brand new Green Finance Podcast, hosted by yours truly, senior reporter Yulia Chutina. I'm very excited to be launching this podcast. Green Finance is all about the role of money and finance in our journey towards sustainability, an issue growing in importance on the corporate agenda. This is why I want to have conversations with key people in the green finance industry to help us make sense of the environmental impact of money. This podcast will be all about what the finance industry is doing to address climate change. We know business as usual isn't sustainable, so we're essentially in the middle of a transition towards reaching net zero. But this is not an easy thing to do. It involves collaborations between many institutions, companies, and people. So let's talk about how to get there. In light of this, my very first guest on this podcast is Aspiration CEO Andre Cherney. Aspiration is a digital bank that wants to help customers use their deposits for sustainable investments and gives them the option to offset their carbon footprint. The idea is to bring sustainability into people's day-to-day spending and saving. So instead of putting your money in a large traditional bank, which then likely uses it to fund oil and gas projects, Aspiration vows to keep your deposits fossil fuel free. It also allows people to see the carbon footprint of their spending, offering the option to offset this through planting trees. Andre started his career in public policy. He was a political advisor for Al Gore when he ran for president back in 2000. In 2013, he co-founded Aspiration, looking to help more people use their money for good. Yeah, great to be with you. Um, We set out to build Aspiration with the idea of how to bring actionable sustainability to people in their everyday lives. And we're in a place right now in history where most people want to do something about climate change, but most people don't know where to start. And so we started Aspiration realizing that so many people were thinking about how to integrate sustainable action into their daily decisions as consumers, be it in the grocery store, buying clothes, buying coffee, and that there was a enormous need for people to be able to bring sustainability into their daily financial life as well. And that's what we set out to do. And along the way, really see ourselves as as pioneering this category around sustainability-focused consumer financial products. Wonderful. And what's been the reception uh, you've been seeing? What's the demand for this type of a green banking alternative to traditional options? we've seen enormous growth as more and more people think about climate change and more and more people think about sustainability in in their daily lives. Uh, There's about a a third of of the population that maybe is more financial optimizers, but there's another third that are these conscious consumers. And for them, uh, what they're looking for is, is yes, a a best-in-class financial product, but also one that realizes that the decisions we make about money are inherently moral decisions about where we're going to save and and where we're going to spend. And and so that has really driven Aspirations growth. We now have over 7 million members in the U.S., uh, as we call them, and and, and more joining us every day as they want to integrate, uh, as we say, both doing well and doing good together. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely seeing, you know, how this type of these types of new values are kind of bleeding into everyday financial decisions for uh, consumers in the U.S. and globally. And I'm wondering if you're seeing any kind of demographic skew within your 
um, uh, users uh, or customers? Uh, do they tend to be younger? Do they, you know, how do you um, see that kind of demographic play out? We definitely see them uh, tending to be younger, uh, to your mm -hmm. point. Um, and, and so most of our uh, customers are, are 40 and, and, and below. Uh, and as we see even 20-year-olds being more attuned towards the challenges of, of climate than 30-year-olds than and 30-year-olds and more than 40-year-olds and, and so on. But, but interestingly, other than that age skew, it really looks like the population at large. Uh, in the U.S., it, it um, shares the same economic uh, skew as, as the country overall in terms of income. Geographically, 96% of our customers live outside of Los Angeles, New York City, and the Bay Area, really spread all over the country. About 50-50 male-female, maybe a slight skew towards female, but, but, but pretty close. And, and so it really is more of this psychographic overlay of conscious consumers looking to integrate climate action into their daily spending and saving. And so what has been your go-to-market strategy towards uh, these types of consumers? Well, we started really with the centerpiece of their financial life, their day-to-day -day, uh, spending uh, and, and saving. And we started with what we first called our Aspiration Summit uh, checking account. And then we replaced that in 2019 with our Aspiration Spend and Save account. And really understanding that people are coming to realize that when they're depositing money into one of the big banks out there, that money is not sitting in the back of a vault somewhere. That's a, a common sense to people who are listening to uh, the Tear Sheet uh, podcast, but for a lot of people uh, has been a realization. Uh, of course, the biggest banks in the world spend more in terms of financing fossil fuel exploration in a day then a company like ExxonMobil will in a year, and they're using our money to do so. And so helping people see how to move their savings to be sustainable, and also their spending. Uh, in, in 2017, we launched something called uh, the Aspiration Impact Measurement, AIM. And, and what AIM allows you to do is to see your own personal sustainability score based on where you're spending your money, and to see the people and planet scores of the places where you are making purchases. And so it helps you be a conscious consumer. Uh, think of it like a Fitbit for sustainability and, and a daily score that, that shows you how you're doing and, 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 and empowers you to decide, do you want to go to McDonald's or Burger King? Do you want to go to Target or Walmart, uh, go to CVS or, or Walgreens? By showing you how those businesses treat their employees and how they treat the environment, and then leveling up into your own personal AIM score. And so that's been really the centerpiece of what we've brought to, to market. Last year in 2021, uh, we launched Aspiration Zero, which is the first credit card built around fighting the climate crisis. Uh, in fact, the, really maybe the, one of the only products in the world that allows you to uh, easily offset your entire carbon footprint just by using it once a day, by neutralizing that footprint uh, with uh, the planting of trees uh, that about equal what the average American's carbon footprint is. And so that's been an enormously positive new addition, uh, along with that banking, along with investing in the other pieces that we've offered.
Yeah, definitely. Carbon um, offsetting and, you know, kind of uh, footprint measuring has definitely been taking off. And we'll get to that in a minute. But you did mention, um, you know, how the money that we put into our bank accounts, they contribute towards something. It's a type of economic decision that has some sort of influence. And Aspiration, uh, you know, voices commitment to clean money. And it's been a huge differentiator from traditional banks. Um, but I'm wondering, how can a consumer know where a new bank like Aspiration directs its capital? It's hard to know. Uh, and more and more people are realizing that that's a question that they, that they need to ask. Um, with Aspiration, it's, it's front and center for us. And we tell people what we are going to do and what we're not going to do uh, with their money. Uh, there's, there's reports out there uh, that people can, can look at, uh, thing, reports like those from the Rainforest Action Network uh, that show where at least traditional banks are lending their own customers' deposits and, and what they're using to finance with those deposits. Uh, but the truth is that uh, it is murkier than it should be. And, and that's why Aspiration has really been leading around saying uh, your deposits with Aspiration will be fossil fuel free as well as firearm free and, and, and so on. And um, let's talk a little bit about this, um, you know, fossil fuel financing by big banks in the U.S. because it's been quite, uh, you know, the conversation in recent weeks. We've seen activist investors uh, trying to push forward uh, shareholder actions to vote, um, uh, to vote to stop fossil fuel financing by the end of the year. What's your opinion on, on this? And do you think activists are asking for too much or is management not doing enough? I think we're facing the greatest challenge and crisis ever to face humanity. And I think it's playing out right now. And yes, it's an enormous ask to uh, try to speed that transition from the fossil fuel economy. Uh, it's incredibly difficult to do. But I ask, what is the alternative? Uh, the alternative is, is to continue to uh, drive this climate crisis that is feeding on itself, that is showing uh, negative feedback loops as uh, you're seeing the speed of uh, warming of the oceans and the melting of glaciers and, and all of the dramatic impacts that uh, that, that is causing. Uh, and will be causing over the next few years, we need to make the largest, fastest shift in human behavior in history. And we don't have until 2050 to do it. We don't have until 2040 to do it. We have a few years. And if we get that wrong, and if we don't have enormous demands, and if we don't make enormous change, the devastating impacts will be felt for generations, for centuries, it'll, it'll change the very nature of, of how we all live and of the world we live, we leave behind for all the future generations of, of humanity. So it is a, a lot to, to ask, but uh, not in the context of the need to have a very fast and very large shift in how we all do business individually in terms of what our governments do, and yes, in terms of what our money does at any of our banks. Thank you. Um, 
moving on to carbon offsets, this has been kind of taking off pretty rapidly. Uh, we've seen in kind of the green finance sector and um, uh, with aspiration, you know, people um, will be able to see their carbon footprint. They'll be able to purchase offsets uh, depending on, you know, the purchases. And I'm wondering how does this play out in the background? So, uh, what is what are the mechanisms that allow for a bank like Aspiration to do this? Well, offsetting is is really needs to be seen as just a piece of the puzzle. Uh, it's it's not something where any of us individually or companies or or governments can continue doing what we've been doing and then. Uh, provide offsets to um, uh, alleviate that guilt or, or that in, or that impact. Uh, we need to change our our ways of doing things. And so, at Aspiration, uh, what what that means is, first of all, we're helping people reduce their climate footprint by moving their deposits to be fossil fuel free. We're helping them shop sustainably through AIM, our Aspiration Impact Measurement, uh, through our Conscience Coalition. Uh, and then, similar to what companies need to do, we should start with reducing our carbon footprint, and then we need to mitigate what we can't fully reduce. And, and that does involve ways to soak carbon out of uh, the atmosphere. Uh, one of the things that we launched a, a few years ago is something called Plant Your Change that allows our customers to plant a tree with every purchase they make by rounding up that purchase to the nearest dollar. And last year alone, we, our customers really, funded the planting of 75 million trees, uh, which is probably the largest private sector tree planting endeavor in the world. Uh, that's as many trees as there are in Central Park being planted every three hours. And so that has an impact as well. Uh, we have something called our planet protection feature of our Aspiration Plus card that automatically will uh, purchase carbon credits to offset the driving that people uh, do so that every uh, mile that they drive in their car is uh, is offset. But again, that, that doesn't mean you should go out and drive uh, as big of a gas guzzler as you uh, want uh, or can for as many miles as you want or, or can. You need to start by thinking about how to act responsibly and, and then uh, take these extra steps as well. Yeah, that was actually a point that I wanted to ask you on because, you know, in the US, there's so much encouragement of spending and consumption. And I'm wondering, you know, how much should we rely on offsetting this type of a footprint? So what kind of role should carbon offsets play in our financial life? How much should we think about, you know, how much we're offsetting? I think we should think about it, but I think we should think about it secondly. I think we should start by thinking about what we can reduce and how we can uh, make our footprint and impact uh, smaller and as, and as, and as small uh, as it can be, and, and then think about what we can do to, to make up for that.
yeah, definitely. Um, reducing is the first step. Uh, That's right. Always. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and carbon offsetting as it is, you know, globally, not just at consumer level, but, you know, the latest IPCC report also said that offsetting is going to play a role, but we shouldn't rely on it. It's not, uh, it's not a one size fits all solution. And, um, we need to be focused on reducing uh, emissions first. Um, you mentioned planting trees. Um, there have been many debates here around reforestation projects and you know, um, emphasis on trees being planted with little afterthought about how they grow. Um, and what kind of impacts these types of projects have on you know local communities or um, yeah. or land in general. So how do you choose reforestation partners in this context? You're, you're absolutely right. Look, in, in anything that a company like ours does, um, and especially in an area like this, you can, you can do it the right way and you can do it the wrong way. And for us as a company that's really focused on building a business around climate impact, we want to make sure that we're doing it the right way, especially because people are coming to Aspiration because our, our brand and our name has credibility uh, around climate, around what we're doing. And, 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 and we want to make sure that people know that when they join Aspiration, know that when they open an Aspiration account, know that when they become part of our movement, that they're uh, having the kind of impact that they really uh, want to have as, as Aspiration members. And so that means that we have to think about not just the number of trees that are being planted, but the kinds of trees that are being planted. Uh, we try to uh, focus on planting uh, trees that are going to be uh, having as fast and large of an impact as possible, things like mangrove uh, that'll, that'll grow faster than others, where they're being planted uh, around the world. Uh, we're, we're planting in uh, places like Kenya, Mozambique, Madagascar, uh, Honduras, Brazil, as, as well as uh, in the U.S. But ensuring that the tree planting projects are uh, restoring uh, ground that, that needs to be restored in terms of reforestation, protecting biodiversity, um, enhancing, not harming native ecosystems, and, and to your point, supporting local communities with good jobs, with benefits. Um, this has to be done in a smart long-term way that provides for additionality of impact, that provides for survivability, and that actually delivers the kinds of results, not just in one year, but for decades to come. Definitely. But it seems like a, such a huge challenge, you know, just um, doing research into this um, there's, there seems to be not even a consensus, uh, usually among scientists, you know, what's the best way to do it and what's yeah. the best tree and what's the best technology to implement when planting and, you know, should we use drones or, you know, other things or which, as you said, which geography should we prioritize? So I'm just wondering, like, how <laughs> difficult was it to kind of navigate this territory? Um, cause it just seems like, you know, kind of a rabbit hole. You're right that there's not even uh, clear accepted guidelines uh, along the way. In some ways, we've been leading on that on that path. Our, our sustainability team uh, is composed of people with decades and decades of experience in this space. 
many of it was coming from from nonprofit uh, third party um, verification organizations, and we've created something called the aspiration standard that goes over and above the third party standards uh, to really ensure that we are seeing uh, the kinds of results that we're committing to. And so we're doing verification on the ground. We're 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 sending people to. Uh, to Africa and other places. We're, we're doing satellite uh, imaging. Uh, we're really uh, putting in place all of the pieces to ensure that we can maximize uh, the impact because ultimately that's what, that's what counts. And in this whole discussion uh, around, you know, what, how we can finance the transition and uh, projects from carbon sequestration for, from, uh, you know, reforestation or, um, the energy transition. Um, what what do you see? Um, or I guess what are the top priorities for you? Or what would you like to see kind of develop um, in the near future more? I think we need to do all of the above. Uh, we we have got to focus on reduction, and we have to focus on uh, mitigation, and we have to focus on re- removal from. Uh, from the atmosphere. We have to focus on uh, what governments can do and on what corporations can do and on what individuals uh, can do. We have to focus on uh, reforestation as well as preventing uh, clear cutting. You're right, a lot of these uh, places in the current debate are ones of enormous uh, controversy and uh, and you're seeing people with with the best of intentions going at each other and saying no this is the path versus that path and 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 my view is we don't have a time for those academic debates uh, we have to do all of it and we have to do all of it the right way uh, and we can't afford to be ideological about it uh, you know, sometimes people will say, well, by in focusing on what individuals can do and helping individuals uh, enlarge their own personal climate impact, you're taking the pressure off of corporations. You're taking the pressure off of governments because that's where action has to be. And my response is, look, that may or may not be the case. But again, we don't have the time to be ideologically pure uh, about this. We all have to take action, each of us as individuals, each of us as uh, consumers, uh, pressuring the companies we do business with, the banks we do business with, the citizens, as citizens of, of the nations where, where we live, all of those things have to happen at the same time and they all have to happen now. And speaking of taking action, if say a traditional bank would like to take action um, and um, do something like Aspiration does. What are some of the, you know, I guess advice, or even if you could describe some of the challenges that you faced in building a bank that, you know, hasn't really been around before. It's a new idea. It's, uh, you know, kind of centered around climate change values. So what were some of the challenges building a bank like that? Well, there's, of course, just challenges in building any new financial institution, uh, regulatory right. and otherwise. Uh, uh, Aspiration uh, became um, one of the first, if not the first, U.S. neobanks to 
to go independent, to break off of a third-party bank sponsor and create our own independent structure uh, back in 2018 and, and build our account around a, a cash management account structure. And, and so there's all of those uh, types of challenges that, that, that any new uh, financial institution will have to grapple with. Uh, but but the ch- there's also just the challenge of having people rethink how they think about their money. Um, you know, for so long, the offer to consumers has only been about come to our bank and you'll pay less fees, you'll, or you'll get a higher interest rate, or you'll get uh, these monetary benefits. And that's, that's part of it. But again, uh, the, the daily decisions we make with money are inherently moral decisions as well about where we're going to spend and where we're not going to spend and where we're going to uh, bank and where we're not going to bank. And, and, and we are making those decisions every day. And so that requires a, a different view of, of consumers and, and changing the, the psychology. We're seeing more and more people in the U.S. and around the world embracing uh, that. And so for the banks out there that want to make this shift, uh, it, it starts with changing their offerings. It starts with uh, helping their customers see their own sustainable uh, impact just as much as they see their own budgetary impact. It starts with uh, providing um, elements like what we provide with planter change and ways for people to build climate in- impact into the daily transactions they're making. But it has to start with changing what the bank does. It's not enough for a bank out there to put out a green colored uh, debit card or credit card and to keep on financing fossil fuel projects that are destroying the planet. Authenticity matters, honesty matters, transparency matters, and, and, and banks have to start by looking inward and saying, how, what are we gonna do before we try to offer something new to our customers? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, um, I've I can't remember where I've heard this, but you know, it was uh, someone was saying that if it's if it boils down to seven billion individual decisions, you know, uh, you know, the fight against climate change, then um, it's it's a lost fight. You know, it's not about um, everybody on the planet making an individual decision of you know recycling plastic or planting a tree. Um, these uh, you know the the impact that we all have as individuals. Um, matters, but it doesn't matter as much as, uh, you know, a top-down um, sort of approach. And um, I feel like the market has um, acknowledged that and the discussion around around this is definitely growing. Um, a little bit of a philosophical question. You know, you mentioned about um, that it's, it's a moral ar- argument and it's, it's a mentality change that we're seeing on a consumer level. And is this a mentality change that we should be seeing at, at like a corporate level? Is, is capitalism kind of due with, with a little bit of a rethink? We're seeing that happen right now. Um, a, a big part of what Aspiration does along with our consumer financial products is, uh, is work with businesses and provide sustainability solutions to those businesses just as much as we do with uh, with individuals on, on top of our financial products uh, as well. And so providing high quality carbon credits and providing reforestation uh, services to those businesses as well. 
we've seen about a third of the Fortune 500 make net zero commitments. And my belief is that if we uh, get back together in a couple of years, and I, and I hope we will, uh, if not sooner, you'll have seen almost all of the Fortune 500 make that kind of commitment and other public companies around the world and, and private companies, all the way down to your local small business. Uh, I think that that is a new expectation that is rising for consumers. We're in this zero to one moment uh, where you're seeing in real time a movement of businesses to understand that their customers and their employees are demanding that they step forward and take action around climate and bringing that expectation to bear as they decide where they're going to spend their money as consumers and where they're going to spend their time as employees. And that pressure is, is, is real. Um, and that bottom-up pressure is, is moving businesses of all sizes to, to take action. And so that's, that's happening. And that is going to be another big piece of how we make the uh, decisions that are going to be necessary to transform uh, the climate issue. Are you hopeful? I am hopeful. I, I, I am hopeful. Uh, the alternative of what happens to humanity is um, is is so uh, terrible that I believe that people are taking action. I've been involved in this challenge uh, around climate change for uh, for a quarter of a century. I, I started working with then Vice President Al Gore. Uh, in the White House back in the 1990s on what we were calling back then uh, global warming and trying unsuccessfully to get people to uh, pay attention to this uh, challenge. And what we see today is very different. Again, we see most people today not only believing that climate change is real, but believing it is a major threat uh, to our nations, to our way of life. Uh, you're, I'm inspired and hopeful by uh, those who are maybe a few years younger than me uh, in, in their 20s and, and so on, and, and, the, and the vision that they're bringing uh, to, to this. And, and with that kind of pressure is, is coming uh, the kind of transformation that, that Aspiration is part of and that many other companies are, are part of. And so that gives me uh, hope that we will uh, respond in time to be able to uh, not only stave off the worst of what's coming potentially, but actually to make things a whole lot better. Well, that's making me a little bit more hopeful as well. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to stay hopeful these days. Um, you have to, yeah. But you have to, you know, it's the light at the end of the tunnel and we don't really have any other choice. And that's why we're here to, you know, advance this conversation and to kind of bring more awareness to this issue and what each of us can do, you know, because we each, you know, it's a small impact, but it exists, you know, and um, it doesn't. That's why podcasts like this and what you're doing and, and shining a light on uh, these questions are an important part of, of that because that information, that inspiration is, is so important uh, out there as well, uh, whether it's focused on consumer financial products and, and fintech or, or, or anything else, all of these pieces add up. And so uh, 
we all in what we're doing on a daily basis have to find ways to, to have that positive impact. This was Andre Cherney, CEO of Aspiration. To read the transcript of our conversation, head over to tearsheet.co. If you want to know more about the intersection of finance and sustainability, you can subscribe to our free green finance newsletter in your inbox every other week to get more insights and research into this topic. That's also where I'll be featuring every new green finance podcast episode. So sign up to stay up to date with all our content. Thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe to the green finance podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be out with a new episode every two weeks. Until then, take care and I'll see you at the next one.